This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin, and with me this week are two very special guests and one regular person who's been on the show before that you already know. This week we are joined by JR. Hello. And Alex. Hello. From the Opinions May Vary podcast, thank you so much for being on the show this week. I'm also joined by Nick White. Hey. Uh, but before we get into the show, I actually want to ask Alex and JR, could you tell us a little bit about yourselves and just a little bit about your podcast before we go into it in depth in the second half of the show? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Opinions May Vary, OMV for short. Uh, we've been a podcast for uh, just over eight years now. Um, we started out as we wanted to be like the the news podcast. We're going to we're essentially going to take all the articles from Bleeding Cool that we can find and we're going to talk about them. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to laugh too much. We we definitely <laughs> oh. tried to do that in our early days too. <laughs> yeah, you guys get it. Um, but we we quickly realized that nobody really cared about our opinions on comics. Um, so we we started leaning toward talking with creators and and artists and kind of it also blossomed into just kind of everything. Anything that we thought mm -hmm. was neat that we thought and we wanted more people to know about you know, our fans, whether it's like, hey, this is a really neat group of women who go to Ren fairs and teach people how to sword fight. And like, or this is a comic book artist who writes one, who, who draws one of the really raddest comics on the planet right now. So, you know, mm -hmm. like anything that we we think more people would benefit from knowing about um, or just anyone who says yes to coming on. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we we rely heavily on the the matter of, we can't do much, so we like to talk to people more talented and more creative than us. Sure, and sure. We, we do that a lot. <clears throat> and um, and yet, like Jared said, it's whoever will will say yes. But uh, we we've we've never turned it ourselves. But I've had friends who say we're we're a show for the every nerd because mm -hmm. we'll do comic book content, we'll do video game content, we'll do cosplayers, we'll do artists and rent up uh, steampunk shows. So we cover a lot of different stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've I've combed through some of your your backlog of episodes, and you guys cover a lot. Like, I thought that sometimes you know just comics is a lot. You guys go like a hundred and fifty percent beyond that. That's incredible. I don't know how you manage all of it. I have so many questions about just how you stay sane with a show <laughs> this big, um, especially for eight years. Like, that's that's super impressive. But you know what? Let's actually get into the thing that you mentioned for just a moment. Let's talk about comic books really quick. I'm excited because I need to know and I have to legally ask, how have you been and how have comic books been? So let me just toss it over to you, JR. I've been, I mean, it's definitely, it's been a weird time. Mm-hmm. For the first time in in because I started I got into comics especially on like a weekly basis in 2009, so I'm still okay. I'm still kind of new compared to a lot of my friends when it comes to comics and comic collecting and and reading sure. and all that stuff. But for the first time since I really got into it, you know, there was that four or five month period where I just I didn't read anything because pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't get to my shop. I was you know, staying away, socially distancing and all that stuff um, up until I believe it was July when I've started going back and, and, and getting my books. So it was definitely like, as far as like how I've been, you know, it was for a while, it was kind of sad. It was a bummer. Um, oh, yeah. But picking up books again, actually going to my shop and like I came home the first time with like, and I don't have a very big poll file. I, I, I'm very, I'm kind of selective in what I read, but coming home with like 20 books was like, hell yeah. <laughs> um, I was pretty psyched. It was nice to, to finally 
catch up and and it was like visiting old friends but um other than that you know it's been pretty good man i've i've been reading a lot lately um as far as like books that uh i've been reading um are we on that point yet is it is that what yeah, this, yeah. What, this... what, yeah what have you been reading sorry that's what i should have said instead of how <laughs> comics been that's just what, <laughs> that's just a phrase that goes into my head and i forget that people who aren't on the show every week and don't understand my weird mannerisms they just uh yeah so what have you been reading i guess that's what i should have asked kind of a mix of everything i i used to be like a strict dc guy it was all about dc comics i love dc i have dc characters tattooed into my skin you know i just i love dc but I've really been gravitating toward a lot of um, image books lately. I really like the independent stuff. Um, specifically, I very much enjoy Wonder Woman. Dead. That's not even that's not even independent. That's DC. But I got I got stuck on the fact that it's by Daniel Warren Johnson, yeah. who does yeah exactly who did the um, yeah. So I've already I've already messed it up. But I really love Wonder Woman Dead Earth, which I guess I mm-hmm. kind of like. It feels like an independent book to me in a way. Yeah, maybe definitely. that's why I went with it. I'm just gonna keep making excuses until one sounds right. But um, I really enjoy that book. Uh, we had the opportunity to speak with Dana Warren Johnson a couple of weeks ago, and he yeah. is, without a doubt, one of the most kind and just humble, down-to-earth dudes we've ever talked with. Mm-hmm. Um, that was rad, and I really enjoyed the book because it's just, it's a great story, but it's also over the top. Um, I don't know if you've been reading it at all, but it's just, it's kind of bonkers. It's almost, it's almost like, how are they letting him get away with doing this stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Um, other than that, uh, I've been reading, um, uh, big girls by Jason Howard. Um, it's his new image book, Mm -hmm. which, um, Jason Howard, uh, really enjoy his work. I had the chance to to talk with him a couple years ago near comic-con just really cool guy mm-hmm. um so when i saw that he, he was coming out with his own book he's writing it he's drawing it he's doing everything on it um i was pretty psyched the premise is pretty neat um it's just a fun book for me um and then last thing i've i've been reading a lot of spider-man lately which hasn't really been my thing but then when ryan otley was going over to the art i was like yeah i i gotta jump on this ryan otley is one of my favorite people in comics um Invincible is is one of my favorite books ever. So when yeah. Ryan Ollie was hopping over to to Spider Man, I took the jump too, and I've I've read more Spider Man in the last six months than I've read in my entire life. Um, <laughs> oh, nice! And, I, and I'm having fun with it. It's 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 good stuff. That's that's fantastic. I I, I was tempted to get back on the Spider Man bandwagon when I saw that Otley was going to be drawing that because yeah, Invincible is one of my favorite comics ever as well. Uh, and man, to see that book end and then him to jump over to Spider Man, it's like a dream come true. Yeah, it was perfect. I'm not I'm not taking full credit for Ryan Otley going over to Spider Man, you know, I, but I'm going to take at least partial credit in that I've said for years, dude, Otley as as an amazing Spider Man, I can't like he needs to be on Spider Man at some point. Um, and then when it went over. I was like, yeah, they listened to me. They did. They they listened to the show. <laughs> Marvel was like, yes, this guy is right. We need to put Ali on Spider-Man. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. It, it, it just fits. It fits so well. And what about you, Alex? How how have you been? Um, how have comic books been? And more specific, what comics have you been reading? I've been good. It's just been stressful trying to keep up with everything. Um, I've been lucky because nothing changed for me so far throughout the pandemic, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. But uh I guess for it's I'm doing the I don't know how many other comic collectors have this issue where they have a normal pull list and they can't read them all. They're too busy. It goes in a box. It goes on their spinner rack or whatever. And I've got at least 
a year of Wonder Woman backed up and Catwoman and Green Lantern that I just haven't. Wow. Yeah, it's it's <clears throat> it's like so as Jerry was saying, you know, uh, before we were chatting and it's like, am I a bad comics nerd? Have I not been <laughs> doing well keeping up? But uh, so I look through what I have been getting and what I have managed to read recently. It's not a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I'm into Grendel. So when Matt Wagner was going to start putting out a new updated, like futuristic Grendel, a different kind of futuristic than what he's been doing, I jumped on that. So Dark Horse was doing some Grendel Devil's Odyssey. Um, I've got up to issue four, says there's eight coming out. Um, And you get to watch Grendel Prime, which is like the half cyborg Grendel go through outer space and try to recolonize the human race on other planets. But he's a very, like, very cold and calculating mean cyborg <laughs> okay you know and, i i want to be completely honest i don't know anything about grendel as a character could you give us like a quick primer on what this is no <laughs> oh no <laughs> okay all right here's that's the it guys that's the end of the show nine minutes yeah, yeah, seconds we had a good a run thanks for listening <laughs> so here's the thing um matt wagner he's been able to build a legacy of grendel's um, okay. It started with Hunter Rose. He's like the very when you see a Grendel holding a rose and like a glass of wine with like with like a, a three like a tuxedo, that's Hunter Rose. And he's got like the this big fork. It's the spear with like two blades on the ends. And he was just this vigilante guy who would do what he wants because he's rich. Um, mm-hmm. And then that kind of led into his adopted daughter, who he tried to keep away from a monster. So Christine Spar took up the mantle of Grendel, and she was Grendel for a while. And then we're not going to talk about the time where like her like brief boyfriend decided to try and be a Grendel and failed miserably at it. We all remember but- that. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone remembers that when you keep saying Grendel, it keeps sounding like gremlins. And I keep imagining the evil gremlin. The, he's had like these little demons that there's been a few like iterations where the Grendel has been an, an infection almost. Mm-hmm. And it gets bigger and gets bigger. So now there's tribes of Grendels that all try to use his the Grendel name and in history to do what they want. And they're like weird warring biker gangs of Grendels that fight each other. And then eventually there's one like Grendel Khan who unites all of them and tries to rule the world and shit. What and the hell is this comic book? So now so so this is this is over a good 30 years of content where he's sure where he puts out like like a you know a four issue miniseries a five issue miniseries he had a good run with Tim Sale as an artist for I think at least 40 50 issues okay and um and so or uh, Asante who was the Grendel Khan made Grendel Prime which was the cyborg that we guess so the two top the two main ones is Hunter Rose the first one and Grendel Prime the mm-hmm. last one who's like the badass looking cyborg um so we follow Grendel Prime a lot just because he's one of the coolest characters and he has like a laser sword that's not quite he has to produce energy himself so it's not as easily used as a as a lightsaber and now he's currently traveling through space to to find a new planet to populate um and as you do you know (laughs) yeah and like his his, like his grendel khan has died and there's been the line has been passed on so his son was jupiter asante and now he's he was commissioned by jupiter three and it gets it gets real weird some of the stuff is pretty depressing and sad Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of mental illness between the first grendel and then the daughter it's so he explores a lot of different stuff um so he's the he's the writer and the artist and which is fun watching him like do his own throwbacks and his own history to stuff that Mm -hmm. he's he's made and his son colors the book with him too 
So Brennan Wagner also works on it. Um, Bowser, that is that is impressive. So and you're so you're still reading Grendel comics, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. <laughs> that is that is awesome. I mean, hey, but you know, to go back to your comment before about you know being a quote unquote bad comic books fan, you know, I don't, you know, it, we've got a, the most stressful thing going on in the world. So you know what, like sometimes picking up a comic book and trying to like analyze it, even even reading in general is really is just hard. I totally get that. So I wouldn't necessarily, you know, feel too bad about it um, because I get it. Like I've basically only been reading one piece <laughs> and and because it's like the most comforting junk food in the mm-hmm. entire world. Mm-hmm. So like I totally understand it. If, if Grendel is your is your comfort food, that's fine. Just just feel feel find something to feel good about. You know, it's like going back to an old friend kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Any any other comics you've been reading though? Does it just been Grendel? Oh no, there's there's been a few others, and there's ones I I tend to I'm more likely to read independent miniseries because I figure oh it's four issues I can get in and get out and right right do then like realize I'm I'm four issues backed up on X twenty three and how <laughs> right. how do I make that up right right and I I've been digging Adventure Man which was Matt Fraction and the Dodsons. Yeah. And I just, I always dig how uh, Terry Dodson like does expressions. His, his faces are really fun. He conveys mm-hmm. a lot of emotion. And when you can open up a book and see like a layout of, of this super team and like, Oh, right. That's the ghost chick. It's like, there's always a ghost chick, I guess, but like we get to see this <laughs> version now. It's a new version. Let's yeah, go with yeah. And like, Oh, this dude's a cool brawler type. That's that. I dig that. And then um, in issue one, that whole team goes away. They disappear. Yeah. <laughs> and the story has to continue on doing something else. Um, and you get to follow a new character. So I guess introducing new characters constantly is a good way to keep you into a book. Um, but I really dig their art. I feel like he's been drawing mopeds for a long time. And it's another <laughs> excuse for him for him to put to, for, for the Dodson to put mopeds in more stuff. Right, right. But yeah, I've been I've been really digging Adventure Man. I, I guess I'm excited to look into to where that goes from from here. Very cool. Uh, well, Nick, what about you? How have you been? What kind of comics you've been reading? Uh, for for me, it's definitely going to be something that like people on the Discord have have heard about recently, which is my whole like you know subscriptions um are you taking advantage of all of the you know all of the viewing things you've subscribed to and all of the you know buffet style you know all you can eat kind of arrangements and so with me that's kind of been me revisiting my subscription to see you and saying like am i making the most of this you know as everybody says well if you read you know the equivalent of one trade per month it's it's basically paying for itself that's Um, what i say and uh you know if, if you're more like crazy then you're saying well you know with all the comics i'm buying on comiXology you know with that 10 to 15 percent off eventually comiXology use paying for itself which is also i mean you do you however you get the most out of it i guess that works um in terms of me and in terms of what i've been reading via cu i recently found out that pretty much all of the classic valiant comics are on um cu uh pretty much without any sort of limitation so i started reading exo man of war um Stopped that for a little bit, wanted a little bit of a tonal break from that and started the original Archer and Armstrong, uh, which this debuted the all the way back. And of, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, this is from the 90s, right? Sorry, that's what literally what you're about to say. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. This this is this is a blast from the past going all the way back to June of 1992. Um, 
And for better or worse, it has a lot of 90s trappings. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean that um, it starts with a zero issue, which is what all the cool kids were doing back ha! then. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is a backstory. We're learning about these characters. This is um, how a normal narrative progresses. This is cool. Can't wait for issue number one. Issue number one rolls around and it goes, hey, cool. This is part of the Valiant Unity mega event. It's a 19 <laughs> issue series. Welcome to issue three. And I'm like. But the cover says it's Archer and Armstrong number one. And it's like, yeah, it's also Unity number three. Have fun. And I'm like, what? This is, this is why Valiant died in the 90s. This yeah. is why Acclaim was like, I want a piece of this. Um, yeah. And it's like, by the way, Archer and Armstrong have been thrown into this other universe with all the Valiant characters. And I mean, at least to their credit, Archer and Armstrong are like, hey, um, we don't understand why we're here. What's going on? What has happened? Why is our number one issue been hijacked? They don't say that part. And uh, it's crazy because you go, okay, this can't happen forever. This can't be a terrible thing. And then I go to grab Archer and Armstrong number two. And it goes, hey, by the way, this is Unity Part 11. And I'm like, (laughs) what? And it's like, yeah, so this is a huge event. And so all of these the comics are cycling through and because you were part three, you're also part 11. And right. that was, um, so what I, what I'm hearing is that you are really, really, really excited for X of swords because that's literally what they're doing with all of the X-Men titles right now. It was, it, it was crazy. It was not, um, what a, like, it's still bad if this would have happened at like issue four or five to have a book hijacked for an event, sure. but to have the number one issue of a book get hijacked for that summer's mega event is just, it blows my mind. But as I said at the beginning, it's a very nineties move. It's a mm-hmm. super nineties move. Um, beyond that, I would say, you know, it's, it's a great book. It's written by Bob Layton and Jim Shooter uh, with art by the, very fantastic and for me still quite underrated Barry Winster Smith people mm-hmm. perhaps probably best know him because he drew the Weapon X story arc which was not Wolverine it was Marvel Comics Presents and I know this because I looked it up and not because I know anything about Marvel books I don't um, and basically if you're looking for a narrative that is basically the team up between an immortal drunk and a homeschooled evangelical kid with perfect muscle memory. Um, if like you've been waiting for this title, like let me tell you, it already exists. Um, <laughs> it's interesting because reading this shows that when Fred Van Lente and I think Clayton Henry rebooted this book for Valiant in 2012, they didn't change too much. And I think what's more disturbing, or again, maybe a very 90s element, right, is that the 90s version is actually a heck of a lot darker. Like uh, Archer's parents are like evangelical televangelist kind of preachers who have been using their position to like kidnap and and murder some of their constituents. And uh, Archer walks in on this and they're like, all right, we got to kill our son. That's how this works. (laughs) And so they leave him in the house and they burn it to the ground, and he survives and goes on this globe-trotting, very Bruce Wayne, I need to move, go around the world. I mean, quite literally, it's Bruce Wayne in the sense that I need to go travel to faraway lands and have people teach me 
um, martial arts. Literally, that happens. Right, right. And and then he comes back and teams up with this guy, and there's this conspiracy organization called the Sect. It's it's a lot of fun. It's very well drawn. The only thing I miss about 90s books is that I don't get my 90s comic ads in them. And that means uh, I yeah. don't get my 90s Nintendo ads, which if anyone ever made a coffee table book of like 80s and 90s Nintendo advertisements, I would buy that in a heartbeat. I'd buy that like right now. Like yeah. I would order it this second. <laughs> yeah, it's it's I mean, we all have that nostalgia of like seeing those ads in like our Ranger Rick or I don't know what other magazines people read as kids highlights. I don't know if they did Nintendo. I don't think they were part of that. But yeah, we would all see those and you'd get those like three little screenshots from the comic from the video game in the corner. And you'd be like, oh, my gosh, like this is all I can see before I buy it. Probably so. Mm-hmm. So like. The uh, like the ad for the Silver Surfer game where if you took a picture of your high score or like the final victory screen and mailed it to them, you could win a prize. Yeah. That isn't would, it wild was to thing. think back on things like that, like back before, like nobody could fake that in like two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people would be like, Hey, that must, that must've genuinely happened. You know, uh, I believe you. Um, and now no one would believe you. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I will also briefly say I read all of King of Nowhere yesterday. This is from Boom Comics, written by W. Maxwell Prince. He, of course, is of Ice Cream Man fame, uh, drawn by Tyler Jenkins, uh, colored by Hillary Jenkins. Of course, a lot of people know them from their work on Grass Kings or Peter Panzerfaust, although I don't think Hillary worked on that. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, great book. Thoroughly enjoyed this. You just have your average dude. His name is Dennis. He has a real bender of a night. He walks up literally in the middle of the road or rather in the ditch off to the side of the road, walks into the nearby town. It's called Nowhere. Nothing is what it seems. We have people with like extra heads. We have people whose heads are like fish heads. There's a lot of anthropomorphized creatures going on. What's real? What's not real? If you've read any W. Maxwell Prince, you have a real kind of the his narrative styles are very much present in this work as well i would recommend that book 100 percent. yeah i'm very excited to read this it's been on my to read list since the collection came out i just need to sit down and actually do it but like you know we were saying before sometimes it's just hard and you sometimes just can't get to everything that you want but i have um, a, i have a question for nick yeah. yeah were you at all inspired to search out like an old checklist and try and find and read the other issues of valiant unity one two and four through t- uh, ten right um like, that is a like, great what, question what was it's that shadow question. man and internal no eternal what's his name shadow man eternal, eternal warrior, warrior that, uh yeah. bloodshot um Solar Ryan, man of the atom etc et yeah. um it's a great question i did briefly briefly consider it but then also part of me was like you know what I'm already mad enough that this is happening. Like, I'm not going to give you what you want. Like, I am just going to plow through and just I will sit through these two issues with seven issues in between that I will skip. (laughs) And that will be it. So I don't know if that makes me the worst comic fan or the best comic fan. But I was like, I'm not going to play your game. Like it depends. It depends on the year, right? It's the era. Like in 1994, you were the worst. Right. But today, (laughs) I think people respect you for doing that. God, I hope so. Uh, (laughs) 
really quick. Well, for me, um, I got my copy of the short box press Kickstarter in the mail. Um, this was a Kickstarter that ran from a, a UK publisher where they put out these really interesting um, collections of like four or five different little independent books of your of non-standard size comics and you know some of them are really short some of them are graphic novel length um it depends on the box and who's working on each one and so i got mine in the mail with a couple different books but the one that i or the two i sat down to read i'm gonna only just talk about one because i didn't really care for the other um i read <laughs> dead end jobs for ghosts this is by aminder daliwal and this is basically asking the question, you know, what if someone found a way to harness the power of ghosts, but in a productive way? Because what if it turns out all those automated tasks that you take for granted, like a car wash, like car washing machines, your Roomba, um, automated cars, maybe? What if they were actually just controlled by ghosts who wanted to help? And those ghosts could, you know, earn money, and then the money that they earn would get sent to their living descendants and family and stuff like that. Uh, that's kind of the story. Um, there's there's some like intertwined kind of mixing of like people who have died kind of understanding like or, or battling, I guess, with their value in when in their living life versus their dead life and, you know, trying to do the right thing by working these these ghost jobs. Um, and it's it asks the question, you know, and kind of comments on the idea of how people place value on themselves solely based on the work that they do and their job. Um, and how, you know, some jobs are more respectful than others in, in society and questioning that whole idea of like really harsh capitalism, I guess. Um, it, it, for a short little book, I mean, honestly, I don't think it was more than like 60 or 50 or 60 pages. Um, they managed to cover a lot of like ground with it. So um, if you're interested, I mean, you can go to shortbox.co.uk and pick this up. But man, this is a really cool little book. And there's like four or five others to read from this short box press that I got, which I'm very excited about because I don't know, indie books are are really interesting. Um, the other book that I'll talk about really quickly is I read High Level Number One. This is by Rob Sheridan um, with art by Barnaby Begenda and inks and colors by Ramulo for, I'm butchering this. I'm sorry. Romulo Farado Jr. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, so the, the, I, the idea of this comic is, you know, what if the world was garbage and everyone was scraping to survive and it was the future and you had a chance to ascend to a better life from a lottery, but in doing so, you're never seen again. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of that not an original like concept now. <laughs> yeah, like it's a it's a book that came out last year um, in in like I want to say the early part of the year. It's only a six issue series. I think it was meant to be ongoing and then it ended in September. So I don't think it had the numbers to keep going. Um, and yeah, it's it's not an original concept. I think you can see some stuff kind of being pulled from um, Lazarus is the first book I think of. But again, I don't even think Lazarus is original in the idea of people sending up into higher society and stuff from a lower class. Um but what, what drew me to this book was the art. It was beautiful. Um, it reminds me of like uh, Fico Asio from No One Left to Fight um, or Benjamin Percy from the Autumnlands Tooth and Claw. Like it's really beautiful coloring and, and style. And like there's so much detail in the art from like a painterly perspective. Um, I wouldn't say it's it's super detailed art, but it is very beautiful art. Um, yeah, I, I his work on Omega Men, Mike. I think. I'm not sure. I, I I don't. I didn't look into what other stuff they've done, um, but yeah, I I read this book and I don't know if I'm going to keep going. Maybe I'll pick up the rest of the issues in a sale or something like that. But I wasn't super drawn to it. But it was it was an interesting 
looking book. And I think that like that deserves a shout out. So that's why I wanted to mention it real quick. But yeah, let's uh, we're running super long because I just love talking about comic books. And I'm glad that you guys do, too. But let's let's t- jump into comic books that are coming out very soon. New comics are dropping on September 30th, 2020. Let's let's talk about what we're excited for. Uh, I'm going to pitch over to Alex. What are you excited for either this upcoming week or in future weeks? So Juggernaut number one just came out. And yeah, I've, I've always been a sucker for bad guys who maybe want to take a turn and try and be better, but can't really get there. And they're always just viewed as always being the guy who smashes and is evil. So after reading number one, like he's had, he was on a Thunderbolts um, and he had his own like single issue with the other X villains with the, what was that called? Black, Destruction on Black and Mystique Black, I believe, mm-hmm. which was last year at least. Um, so I'm excited for, for more Juggernaut for some more smashing. Looks like he might take on the Hulk. Uh, I don't know how because I haven't been keeping up on the Hulk. Um, but who knows? Marvel just does whatever they want with all their characters. But <laughs> well, uh, if, you, <laughs> if you want to get caught up on the Hulk, I would recommend reading L. Ewing's um, Immortal Hulk. It's probably the best Hulk book I've ever read in my entire life. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're into like, I mean, maybe you're not into this, but it's an interesting take on Hulk because it's like body horror meets really interesting storytelling. Right. And it's all about the Hulk and going through his history and trying to basically make logical sense of all of it. It's it's very impressive because I saw like a news panel briefly where it's like, oh, yeah, maybe maybe something happened to Hulk again and it's terrible. And uh, She-Hulk is a harpy now or red. Yeah. Red She-Hulk. Betsy Ross is a evil harpy person and that's yeah we're just gonna keep going with that okay yeah i mean and it, it gets covered in immortal, immortal hulk so i mean if you're interested that book has got all the answers for you i think huh. yeah so i'm i'm into juggernaut i want more sidorak stone and smashing and and his new armor and, and give mm-hmm. give that to me that's what i'll take very cool very cool uh what about you jr there's a couple books um that i'm pretty psyched for Coming out this week, uh, the second volume of Batman Three Jokers uh, with Jeff Johns and Jason Fabok. I am a sucker for Jason Fabok's art. Um, mm-hmm. Ever mm-hmm. since I the first time I saw him was on um, Detective Comics when John Layman was writing it, and I was like, "Who is this? I need more of him. Put him in my face." And I've been trying to buy pretty much every, like when he was on Justice League, loved it, um, mm-hmm. which I believe was also with Jeff Johns. Um, I'm also a big fan of, of Jeff John's work. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of stories lately, um, in regard to Jeff John's and the justice league movie, which is kind of a bummer, but I'm trying not to draw too many conclusions until everything is kind of done with that. But, um, I enjoy his comics, uh, three jokers. The, the first volume was, was fun. It was a fun read as I guess as fun as a sociopathic murderer can be, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but I really enjoy mainly it's for Jason's art just because I'm such a big fan of his, um, and the teasing and the, the buildup and the hype that there's been around the book Mm -hmm. was a lot of fun. Like Jason's been posting on his Instagram for what feels like a couple years, like just posting teasers and snippets of, you know, three jokers coming out, blah, blah, blah. Now it's finally happening. So the second issue comes out, um, on Wednesday, I'm pretty psyched for that. And the other one that I had was Chew number three, uh, John Lehman and Dan Boltwood. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Anyone who listened to the first couple years of our show, I never shut up about Chew, ever. 
Um, it was my favorite book. I loved it. Every it was like one of the first books that like when I first started reading comics, it was like a number one, and there was a lot of hype around it. And I was like, I want to read this, and it would turn oh, into like my favorite thing. Um, big fan of that book. Absolutely yeah. love it. So when the Chooniverse, if you will, you know want to call it that. <laughs> Right, that's what we're done. Yeah, that's the end of the show. Thank you so much, guys, for being on. We have a really strict pun rule policy on this show. Oh, that's that's it's one strike. It's literally it's one strike, and that's it. There's there's zero zero tolerance. I mean, it makes sense. I don't blame you. Um, I'm pretty mad at myself for it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm when when it was (laughs) when it was announced that more chew was going to be happening. I was pretty psyched. You know, Layman has been kind of writing a lot of chew stuff into his other books like outer darkness um had like the chew crossover Ugh, rest um, best layman book best layman dude book. right yeah. and then image just just nixes it out of nowhere like well it's I, skybound oh man we're gonna talk about this in the break yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was super bummed because i'm a john layman fanboy ever since chew so i've been reading almost everything he's been putting out mm-hmm. but outer darkness even putting aside the fact that I just read his stuff because I like him. That book was so good. I loved Outer Darkness. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, when they when they were like, yo, Chu's coming back, I was psyched. It's a fun book. I obviously miss Rob Guillory on the art, mm-hmm. um, but Rob's doing his own thing on Farmhand, which again, another amazing book I really enjoy. Um, but uh, I was pretty psyched. So the third issue comes out. It follows Tony Chu's sister, I believe. Um, and... It's just more of that universe with the the ridiculous powers and the abilities, and it's it's just it's a fun book. I dig it, and uh, I'm psyched for it. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, I I love this book. I haven't read the second issue yet, but I've read the first one, and I it's such a blast. It's, yeah, Saffron Chew, um, which <laughs> I I just love the jokes in that book. Ugh, yep. Man, that book is yep. fantastic. Um, Nick, Nick, what are you excited for this upcoming week? So. I've been reading some conflicting reports on whether or not this is coming out this week. So for those who may or may not get mad, this could be wrong. Um, These dates could be a little off. I've seen September. I've seen October. But um, I'm pretty excited for the collected volume of Quantum and Woody, Earth's Last uh, Choice. Uh, This is written by Christopher Hastings, drawn by Ryan Brown, colors by Ruth Redmond, letters by Hassan Otsmane. Alahu, is that right, Mike? I think I think that's how. Yeah. I think you, I know at one point you had the pronunciation correct. I think. Yeah, yeah. We we really try, Hassan. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. So I was actually really fortunate to get um early access to some of these issues um with a uh, advanced um yeah. Uh, copies. So I've I've read a little bit of this series so far. I'm actually really really pretty pumped about this. For those who are new to the show. Um, Valiant within the last year and a half really just hasn't been doing it for me. And part of it is just the fact that it seems like they've jettisoned the idea of really embracing a shared universe. I won't fall down that rabbit hole this week. I already did it like two weeks ago. So we'll leave that right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I really was mainly willing to give this book a try just on the just premise of Ryan Brown on art. Um, yeah. For those who aren't aware, Brown, of course, has done has worked on everything from Bedlam to Manhattan Projects to Bebop and Rocksteady, Destroy Everything, perhaps probably best known for co-creating uh, Curse Words with Charles Soule over at Image. Um, I really like his work because there's this sort of like 
crazy energy that permeates all of it. And he doesn't always draw the most beautiful things, but he definitely draws some of the most deranged shit I've ever seen. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I was really willing to try it based on that. But I think what actually surprised me is that the narrative is actually pretty good. Um, I was shocked to see that Christopher Hastings basically took um, took where Elliot Rahal left the characters, I think, towards the end of 2018 and actually kind of like took on that narrative canon baggage and kind of built the book on top of that. And I really thought that A, with everything going on with Valiant right now, that Valiant would not be that interested in doing this. And B, just in terms of being Quantum and Woody, most of the time, whenever this book gets a new miniseries or whatever, people like Quantum and Woody, they're kind of funny and and they make jokes and there's no real need for like a narrative through line. Um, So the fact that he actually kind of picked up on the fact that the two of them are now like wanted criminals because they were deemed not really suitable to like join unity and were just basically a danger to themselves and everyone else. And then they tried to murder them. Um, Minor spoilers for a mini series from two years ago. Um, I was really shocked to see him pick up on that and tell a really interesting kind of conspiracy theory narrative that really has great cliffhangers and builds from issue to issue. Um, So this was just a real pleasant surprise. And um yeah, uh, and ag- again, Christopher Hastings. For those who don't, you don't know, um, probably maybe best known for doing uh, Doctor McNinja. But then also, if you're a Marvel fan, and again, I've probably read like seven Marvel books in the last five years. Um, but if you if you're a Marvel fan, then you probably know him from uh, Gwenpool and also a lot of Deadpool work. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, he did that with editor Heather Antos over at Marvel, and now that she's over at Valiant, it makes sense that he's now working with her again you know, doing another funny book. So, yeah. Yeah, that guy's got a pretty good sense of humor. <laughs> if I may. Mm. Please do. Chris yeah. He's going to do it. Long. He's going to do it. <laughs> I, was de- I was debating doing it myself. <laughs> <laughs> we talked to Chris on episode 245 <laughs> in, in, in 2016 because our friend Joe was a huge fan of Dr. McNinja and he got us into Dr. McNinja and I, I bought, I think uh, Dark Horse was putting out like collected volumes of of that too right and so we had him on with with our good friend joe to to chat him up and, and talk about his work from all dr ninja but also his deadpool stuff and he was a lot of fun he's really cool that's fantastic um well you know enough plugs of your show um, <laughs> <but> like, <laughs> um really really quick uh i i the book that i'm excited for this week is uh department of truth number one this is by james tinney and the fourth with art by martin uh simmons and the basic premise of this book i don't really know anything other than like the cover has jfk with like eyes crossed out on it on the cover but the question that it asks is what if all conspiracies were true how does one cope with that and who's been covering them up all these years the department of truth and this this seems really fucking weird. So I'm going to check it out and see if Tinian can deliver on something that seems to be the most absurd thing in the world. Like the synopsis mentions like, what if flat earth was true and there are lizard people and there are this and there and that. And it's like, okay, man, I don't know how you're going to capture all of the insanity of modern conspiracies in one go, but let's see what happens. So I'm going to check that out this week. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen this book at all, but James Tinian sometimes goes out really far on a limb and uh, sometimes it doesn't break. So I'm, I'm really excited to check it out. It sounds stressful. Like- yeah, also that. 
But yeah, you know what? We're going to actually take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to JR and Alex about their show, as well as more comic stuff and interviewing and all that stuff. So we'll be back in just a minute. our show this week we are talking to alex and jr who were you know in the first half of the show but we're going to talk to them not just about comics but also about their their podcast opinions may may vary omv as they said earlier um and really i i just want to know you know just to get things started alex jr whoever wants to jump in how did this podcast come about you know we you know you guys said that you've had a, a bunch of different comic guests but you've also talked to a lot of other people you know it went from one thing to another, what made you sit down and say, we need to ha- record these conversations? I'll let Jared take the start. I, it's kind of a weird genesis in that back in the day, in we started out in 2012. And this is at the height, or not the height, but like the beginnings of the Walking Dead TV show. Mm-hmm. After the Walking Dead TV show was Comic Book Men, which was Kevin Smith's show, Right. Uh, in within his his comic book store down in New Jersey with with Walt Flanagan and Ming and uh, Brian and Michael, I can't remember. I I can't believe I just remembered all their names. <laughs> I watched the first I watched the first season and I was like, okay, that's fine, cool. But it wasn't really what I was, you know. I, it was didn't really grip me. But what I did like was the the fact that each episode, at least in the first season that I saw, was like. They'd start the show and end the show with like, oh, we're recording a podcast and we're talking about the experiences we had in the comic shop. And I was like, right, right. That looks really easy. You just need a, <laughs> you just need a mic and, and, yeah. and, and a board and then talk with your friends. And Alex, uh, Alex and I met um, when we worked at, uh, at a theme park together years and years and years ago. Um, I knew Alex was big into comics. We'd always we'd been to conventions together and all that stuff. Uh, as well as our our friend Justin, who was one of the original founders of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I was like, "Yo, you guys like talking about comics. I like talking about comics. I'm new to this. I'm 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 the the up and comer. Like, yeah, I'm. I read comics. I'm so excited about everything. Um, you should be. Comics are fucking awesome, right? They're pretty cool. They they can be pretty cool. Um, but did started to do some research. Um, mm-hmm. Bought some equipment. Uh, my, the first thing that I ever bought off Craigslist was our soundboard, which nice. was like scary. I was like, dude, Alex, you gotta be my muscle. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I don't want to die, but it turned out just being this, this really rich guy with two pianos in his, in his living room who oh. no longer had a use for a soundboard. Um, <laughs> okay. Right. Cause once you've had, once you got the second piano, you don't really need a soundboard. Right, yeah. That's yeah, just yeah, how yeah, that yeah. thing goes, you know, you've outlived the usefulness of the soundboard, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, and we started out just like, you know, especially with the name, like opinions may vary, like, oh, we're gonna be like that show. You know, I think this comic is great. You're stupid for not liking this you know, like we're gonna fight, but oh, but we're friends. And like yeah, right. we're just, we all love comics. And then that took a t- yeah, never really even happened. Um the the long running joke on our show is that we almost never disagree. <laughs> um <laughs> There are a few things that we are very passionate about that we do disagree on, mm-hmm. but um, for the most part, we we tend to agree on on just about everything. But right. you know, the show name stuck. It is what it is. But um, it really is just three guys who wanted to get together and talk about comics, and hopefully our friends would listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then it kind of just kind of spiraled from there. Um, you know, Justin eventually ended up uh, leaving the show, so we had to fill the void because Alex and I are just not interesting in you know alone. Um, <laughs> but uh, so we filled it with guests and 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 interesting people who do interesting things. Um, we would try to do like weekly topics and and do okay. What's your favorite weapon in comic books? Uh, what's the best death in comic books? What's the best? And we would all you know pick something, and that mm-hmm. would take up maybe a third of the show. And then we're kind of struggling to fill an hour. Um, but thankfully, as Jared, I believe he was about to get into, we had a host of friends who were willing to help us out and give us their time. And that happened a lot where we would beg Joe and Brett and Colin for further time. And John and Will would come on too. Anyway, it got to a point where we realized like, we need to do some more. (laughs) And we started looking outside of, you know, just our local friends. We've started asking people we might meet at a convention or we had a lot of cosplayers on for a while because that's who would say yes. Um, We only got like, you know, under 50 episodes to your show and you can't really go to Jim Lee and be like, Hey, do my show. He's not going to answer your email, man. I don't know. (laughs) I've seen, I've seen podcasts just out of the gate, like three episodes in big, huge name in comics. So I don't know. I think anything's possible. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things we like would stick to is getting organizers or if we can't get the face, we'll get the people who work for them or work with them. Okay. So okay. if we can't get Eric Knetti, we get Jason Schachter, who's his art rep. And, okay. And, okay. And he runs Essential Sequential. If you've been to any convention, the blue, the purple banners, it's, yeah. it's Jason's the guy. And so we talk, we talk to him and he gets, you know, he's got stories about commissions and people that demand signatures for free and, and just, <laughs> and dealing with so many artists and how many shows he has to book. And now he's telling us about different conventions and we're like, right. no, tell me more about Emerald City comic stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And eventually, like, you know, we'll get to the point where we can have Danny Warren Johnson on. But it it, it took there was a long road to get there. And it was a lot of I mean, I guess for I'll say for every five emails, messages, texts, whatever I send out, I'll get maybe one response. Um, And that's well, I responded. That's that was crucial. (laughs) Yeah, that was that was the one that week. (laughs) Yeah, so one of those like we're also super interested in how stuff works and how stuff is made. Um, like talking with Jason about like being because it's not something that I ever really thought about. Like, oh hey, Essential Sequential is at the show. That's cool. Yeah, but how did they get to the show? How did this group of artists come together to be under this one banner? Uh, you know, like the logistics and stuff. Like, while it might we might be shooting ourselves in the foot sometimes because it might not be the most engaging content that like the masses are looking for but we find that stuff fascinating um like i i don't know if you guys are fans of pax at all the penny arcade expo yeah yeah um, we like i've been a big fan of penny arcade for a long time um the web comic in general and the guys who make it mike and jerry and like we had one of the guys who works at penny arcade this guy uh jeff cows who it's his job to like put on the live at the time, um, the live D and D show acquisitions incorporated. Oh, wow. And like, I love Ack Inc. I love that show, but I'm also, I, I'm dying to know about it. What goes into putting acquisitions incorporated on what, how do you, how do you get that table even just on the stage? How do you like what mm-hmm. that kind of stuff is fascinating to us. Um, how stuff works, how stuff comes together because ultimately it's got to happen. Um, right. And uh, 
we just find that kind of stuff really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's you're already giving me like thousands of different ideas that I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna steal from your show and be like, we're gonna have you know different folks on and just go just you know crib the ideas from you guys. But uh, no, I mean that that's what makes an interesting podcast. I think going beyond like because at the end of the day, think about it. Like there are a bunch of different comic book podcasts. Just to focus it on comics really quick, but there are a bunch of podcasts out there that are talking to creators. Um, and you know, how did you get started? And you know, what kind of comics do you like to draw? And what you know, blah blah blah. But Going beyond and saying, well, let's talk to the rep. Let's talk to the person that organizes the convention because that's stuff that I don't think a lot of people know. And like they all, you know, a, a lot of comic fans attend conventions or they're aware of them. Or they they understand like what comes out of a convention. But to say, oh, you know, you ran the main stage at New York City Comic Con. What does that mean? You know, that that's really interesting stuff. So I'm, I'm glad that some podcast out there is doing that because that's the kind of stuff that like I think people who want to get really in depth about, you know, organizations and stuff like that like that's the kind of stuff they want to listen to so i'm glad that you guys are you're putting that out there for the world hell yeah man thank we, you we try hey you know, I'm, <laughs> like again I, I like i said i've combed through episodes but i i haven't listened to everything so maybe i've got eight years worth of backlog to go into or something um <laughs> i apologize in advance <laughs> no i i totally get that there are people who have told us you know that they've listened to like every episode of irie comic books and i'm just like the immediate so response is always, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, what did you think of those first 40 episodes where we didn't know what the hell we were doing? Yeah, ditto, ditto. <laughs> you know? And I mean, yeah, but it's it's also interesting to to hear the two of you talk about, um, you know, sort of this discussion of um, really just showing people what's under the hood, so to speak, in terms of comics or how things function or how things operate. Because I, I think our show kind of went through a similar kind of internal debate of like we're interested in these things we find them fascinating is anyone else going to find this interesting and 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 you know eventually we sort of discovered that the answer must be yes or at least people have been kind enough to lie to our faces i guess (laughs) um but yeah we we kind of had the same moment of like we think this is interesting like or we want to talk about um you know flatters or or um you know how people's coloring process varies from one person to the next and we think that's interesting but like does everybody else just want to talk about like splash pages forever or something like this or what but or they um, just want to talk about you know the latest batman villain you know exactly series and, you know, yeah whatever yeah. scott snyder and jeff johns are doing i don't i'm not trying to shit on batman it's just the first thing that you're comes just saying to like you know big super popular like mega headline you know, news, the stuff that gets the clicks, right? So, yeah, I mean, like I think JR said before, you know, it's the, you know, we just combed through Bleeding Cool or the comic book subreddit and said, okay, what can we talk about this week? Like there were definitely weeks where Nick and I were sitting there for a half hour, 45 minutes trying to just come up with on the spot, relevant, timely topics until we ultimately decided, man, that's not our show. I, I don't know if you guys had that same realization or what. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say we have. And to this day, we still do where um, it's it's just the two of us and our friends, like I'll pitch them an idea and go, what do you guys think of, of us doing this and see what their reply is? But there's definitely places where I think we could try and Jar might disagree. And I'll just say, OK, because um, I wanted to really get on the side of our artist friends and they might have their art stolen and now it's b- being printed on someone's pillow and sold in their Etsy store. And I was like, OK, yeah, yeah, OK, here, yeah. here's what we do. We we invite the thief on our show and we call him out and just really just ruin their damn day. And Jared's like, 
I don't think that's a good idea. And I'll be like, okay, okay, we can, we can do something else. <laughs> so there's, it's, it's dramatic. We, there's a lot of agreeing and disagreeing, and, but like, you know, sure. we we're able to handle each other in, in a fair manner where it doesn't hurt each other. Um, gotcha. And we're pretty open yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to agreeing on things. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was going to say in regards to like episode topics, I mean, if it's not necessarily a guest, because um, you do have episodes where it's just the two of you, is it is it just like a, a communal, like you guys come together with a couple of ideas and then you decide on something? Or is it um, one of you has an idea and you just run with it for a certain week? Obviously, the we're going to bring this thief on and gotcha question them uh, maybe didn't pass that <laughs> test. But um, but for the other beyond that, you know, is how, how do you guys function with that with episodes where it's just the two of you? It's kind of how we're feeling. It also highly depends on, like, we call the the episodes where it's just the two of us. We, and I'm sorry, I know I hit my pun limit. Um, <laughs> sure, oh, it's, it's my turn. It's my turn. It, we call it our justice episodes because it's just us. <clears throat> okay, that's one. Yeah, well, it looks yeah, like there's even, our show there's is even a, just about to become just us because. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> there's even a sticker. Uh, we we recently had a omvpodcast.bigcartel.com, by the way. Um, there's a we got a sticker pack made. Alex worked with a bunch of different artists to put together. Um, like there's obviously like our logo, but there's also some kind of uh, in jokes with the show for for mm-hmm. longtime listeners and things like that. And one of them was uh, drawn by our friend Seymour. Uh, that it's like a justice themed thing. It's it's like a picture of us shrugging and it says sorry it's just us because you know there's no one actually interesting on this episode sure sure Um, but it's kind of like if if there's no guests this week sometimes so i mean there are times where it's just like hey man let's just do the two of us because i have something i want like usually it's when one of us has something to talk about right Um, right alex had one of my favorite episodes like in our entire history um a couple years ago uh, where he t- chronicled um, donating his kidney to his brother, which obviously has nothing to do with comics, has nothing to do with pretty much anything that we've ever talked about on the show. Mm-hmm. But it was super personal. It was something we've never done before. Um, yeah. I thought it was brave as hell. And I also thought it was interesting. I thought it made for for good content if I want to be you know the selfish content creator. Um, but it was also really neat. And I thought it was different and fun and brave i already said brave um whereas no my, i mean that's, that's fantastic so. my reasoning was just that we wouldn't have to bother someone over thanksgiving week <laughs> we don't have that to the super personal thing but also to not inconvenience people sure <laughs> well this yeah, way like, I mean, in a way you guys like also sort of set a bar where if you wanted to do like a long personal you know you know uh topic again like the bar has already been set at organ donation so like it kind of worries me that like i don't know what the next step would be for the two of you because it's already pretty up there so um like how do you talk about the first time i, don't I know. killed a <laughs> i mean that didn't happen i have not killed anyone uh anyways so our podcast is a lot of fun thank you for listening <laughs> <laughs> well no i mean that, that's you know that it sounds like there there's a massive range like i know we, we've kind of touched on it throughout the episode but it's like you guys have you guys get guests from from all over the, the spectrum of nerddom i mean like have there have there been episodes that you're just incredibly proud of that you can think of and go man that was such a good episode that we put together um that's you know if it's a it's a very personal episode or if it's just a comic book you know guest or, or some some other guest it's 
so it's I guess it's weird because there's times where I'm willing to just take the chance. And once we're done with the episode, Jerry usually confesses. He's like, oh, I didn't know about that one, but it turned out really good. He was really happy with it. And mm-hmm. this happens more often than we have a guest on. And we go, well, that was too bad. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> but um, but I guess it's we've been really lucky pretty much the entire time of having on people who who help us get give us a good show and, and otherwise we're able to pad the episode a bit um like you were saying earlier like having to try and do an interview show twice a month and figure out what to ask them or doing the research to learn about them and see maybe what they don't want to be asked or how to pronounce their name right and all this stuff um right where was i going with this oh so uh we talked to this guy Livio Rimandelli who's an artist. He lives on the West coast. Um, he was back on episode three twenty five. He was answering all of our questions so fast. We ran out of questions and, and it's the kind of thing where like we were, yeah. we were doing our regular bunch and our, you know, what we would have. And he's just, there's no really story behind it. It's just, it's the simple answer. He's giving a good answer. He, there's just no thought behind it. He already has it. It's loaded his chamber and he's firing them. And like, I'm just like, what do I do? And I started asking like Star Trek questions and shit and just fill time (laughs) before we could get like more something else down. Um, Yeah, but it's uh, it's been good. I guess it comes down to our favorite guests, um, which for for me was um, 206. That was Jar Help. Larry. (laughs) Larry. Larry Houston. Larry Houston was the art director for the X-Men cartoon in the nineties, the X-Men animated series. Wow. He's responsible for how all the characters look for a lot of how the story went because he loved comics. He also storyboarded um, the Spider-Man cartoon before that, like in the eighties, seventies, I believe Um, Mm -hmm. just such a nice guy. So super cool. And I just happened upon his comment on a YouTube post, uh, and I was like, is this the really the guy? How do I confirm this is the right guy? And I, I looked into <laughs> it and I was like, I want to talk to this guy because he like made my comic book childhood basically watching this right, X-Men right. cartoon. And uh, and it was really, he also art directed the intro to the G.I. Joe movie, the cartoon movie. So that whole, oh, cool. that whole sequence with like the Cobra ship over the Statue of Liberty, that was all him. That was all Larry. Um and just like everything he was saying was, it was, it was beautiful. It was gorgeous. That's our favorite episode to date. Um, but it's, we managed to find the right guest and, and he said, yes. Um, I guess mm-hmm. I can't really think of anything where um, it, we made it good. <laughs> we, we rely on our, our guests to make the show good for us. And we're, we're just lucky sure. to be there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I totally understand that. Go ahead. No, I was kind of just going to mirror what, what Alex was saying it, it there are some episodes like the one where Alex talked about you know doing his kidney where it's just the two of us that have I feel left an impact and and are some of our best uh our best stuff um Larry the Larry Houston episode is w- without a doubt <laughs> between the two of us our, our favorite episode we've talked about that at length on our own show um it was just a very fun time um but it it does lean heavily uh, a lot on the guest um you know 
like Alex said, there are a lot of times where sometimes I'll be on my way to Alex's and I'm like, man, I, I don't know what I'm going to say to this person. You know, like interviewing people can be stressful as hell, especially oh, yeah. when, when you either like when you look up to them, when you have admired their work for a really long time, um, or you just don't really know them. You don't, how they're going to react to questions and stuff. Like sometimes people can be a tough interview. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's we uh, on our 200th episode, we interviewed um, uh, Doug Peskevich, who does Arsenic Lullaby. Um, it's a dark humor comic book. And he also had worked for Mad Magazine in the past. And it's he's it's dark humor. And it's I think it's a lot of fun. I'm a big fan of it. Gotcha. He he is a notorious like he doesn't take shit. He doesn't like he will destroy people online who come at him like he has no problem with telling people they're they're stupid <laughs> you know okay. he, he's an intimidating force and so you thought it was a good idea to bring yeah. him on your let's, show let's yeah. celebrate our 200th yeah. episode with uh that's exactly what it was too we're like yo we're at 200 it's time to go big because <laughs> right, uh, right alex turned me on to arsenic lullaby he, alex has been following him for a long time um and even when we like first connected and we were like chatting on skype like pre-show we're like, you know, um, we were joking with him about like, you know, just hope you don't yell at us or anything. And he's like, look, don't ask me any of these stupid questions and I won't, I won't yell at you. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to erase every question that I have because right. I just know that they're all stupid. Um, but uh, that's intimidating, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 It was rough. It was sometimes it can be very, very stressful. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, other like most of the at like nine times out of 10, we come out of it and it's just like a weight off the shoulders. It, it ends up being rad. It turns oh, yeah. into one of those like, yes, do meet your heroes because yeah. they're just amazing people. Um, it's, it's, it's gratifying to know that they're as cool as they seem like either online or, you know, at a show like, oh, they weren't just hamming it up for me at the, at the Comic-Con table because they wanted me to buy their book, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's, it can be very, very gratifying. Um, not really sure where I'm going with this anymore, but no, really no, I, our I, guests carry us. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally understand. I mean, like we've, we've probably done, I don't know, 30 or 40 guest episodes um, over the past five years, um, just because our, our show isn't necessarily lean towards just interviews and things like that. Um, but yeah, like it feels like every time I, we have someone on the show, it's, it's very intimidating. Um, I'm always a little like stressed or anxious about it. And then we get five minutes in and they laugh at a dumb joke that I make. And I go, oh, okay, everything's fine. These are just regular people because that's what it comes down to at the end of the mm -hmm. day, right? It's yep. just, you're just talking to regular folks and they just happen to be incredibly talented, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's, that's what makes them really interesting. But um, yeah, I, I get that. Like as soon as you finish the episode, you go, damn, that was really good. So glad we got that person on the show. So I totally understand that. Even or to, alternatively, it ends and we go, gosh, I don't know about this, or maybe this was the wrong person, <laughs> or if we're trying something different with the show, we go, well, maybe this wasn't a good idea. And then, of course... We've only had that happen... Well, I was, I'm, look, just, just hold on. <laughs> I'm going to bring this back around, but I don't blame you for thinking I won't. Um, <laughs> you know, but then we, we, we put the episode out, and people really love it or there's, you know, great reception. And, uh, I think that's always been kind of one of the fascinating things with our show. And, uh, you can tell me if it's true with yours as well. It's just, sometimes we honestly just don't know how people are going to receive something until we just put it out. And sometimes we just get 
totally surprised by the sorts of episodes or topics or guests that people really enjoyed. And we thought, well, you know, maybe maybe we didn't think it was going to kick off, you know, in the same way. I'm I'm jealous because we don't see a lot of feedback like we we put the episode out. We we watch our downloads like kind of happen sometimes. And, uh, yeah. and we'll get like a close friend be like, oh, that was a good episode. It's like, thank you, Brett. You're, you listen every week and you're you're our best friend and you come hang out with us and play to any of us. Like, I can't trust your opinion because you're a friend. Like, <laughs> well, Mike, Mike, Mike is a real data nerd, which means that like we've been sending out Google surveys to people for years now. Yeah. And that's always been really interesting to see the feedback. Yeah, so. I mean, and which kind of goes into something, uh, you know, I'm curious to know how you guys distribute your show if you like push on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube or something like that to try to like get feedback. I don't know how else what, what your means for getting feedback is. <laughs> and we're getting we're getting way in the weeds of podcasting stuff. So thank you if you haven't turned the episode off. I just I'm, I'm just curious. One of Alex and I's Alex and mine's so whatever the proper grammar is. One of our biggest faults is the fact that we are terrible at self promotion. We're sure. both like oh, it's tough. I don't know. If, it's tough. Yeah, it's it's it's, a, it's not an easy thing to do, right? And like I don't know if it's if you just chalk it up to like secondhand embarrassment or like I just feel bad pushing this stuff on my friends yep. like oh yep. they have they have something better to do you know if if you if you want to listen to it you can but honestly like you know if you're busy don't worry about it you know like got something else to do do that if you don't have something else to do find something <laughs> then yep. decide whether or not that's worth doing and then maybe listen to the show yeah I get exactly. it I get it yep. the, the term of shameless self-promotion and we just look at it and go yeah but I got a lot of shame so <laughs> if you well, don't have you know, a family reunion going on this weekend assemble one yourself and you know sure. if you're the only attendee go ahead and yeah but yeah we... i mean the only reason i ask is you know for a show that's been running for you know eight years like i i look at our show and i say like there's always room for growth there's always we can always get more listeners even after we've got you know 250 plus episodes like someone might discover our show and then become like a diehard fan and they'll you know contribute on patreon or they'll join the discord and talk with us and they'll come to the hangouts and all that stuff like it for some reason in my mind i there's always like another level of achievement that i can reach because i'm we're always aiming to be like comic book club live or you know like any massive humongous podcast as much as i don't want that pressure (laughs) for some reason i want to achieve that status of like audience so it's i'm always trying to like push it and then i get really tired tired out or from just pushing things so hard and like and i feel that same level of like man i know that i'm pushing this and i'm all i'm doing is promoting my own thing um but I don't know. I, I've, I, the re- only reason I keep doing it is because, like Nick said, like this, 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 we send out surveys. We try to get as much feedback from people as possible without being like, so what'd you think? What'd you think of every episode? Um, right. And right. we've gotten like every once in a while, we get a little bit of feedback saying, oh, I saw someone retweet your show. <laughs> or I saw someone, you know, I saw someone like post it somewhere else um, or you retweeted it or blah, blah, blah. It was the first time I'd seen it. Like I've been doing this show for five years. I promote like every single episode, like four times yeah. a week or something. And someone will be like, oh, this is the first time I saw it on your feed. And I'm like, how? It's all I tweet about. <laughs> Those are always the most interesting moments is when yeah. people come to us and say, I found your show via X. And like, you know, after a couple of years, like I think we had pretty much, as I think is with true with a lot of shows, we start, you know, you, you start to map out 
how most people are finding your show. Like you have a good idea. And then, you know, this feedback was just getting so interesting because we started having people discovering our shows in ways that we hadn't thought about before. And again, as Mike said, this is like very in the weeds, but it's, it's, I don't know. I, I find this stuff fascinating. So yeah, that's a, that's kind of why I had reached out. Cause uh, mm-hmm. you know, always looking for new listeners and wanting people to find our content and, and, and enjoy it and whatnot. And I was thinking like, how much can we pitch our episode to people who don't listen to podcasts? Right. Am I really going to be the one to convince them to start listening? So I figured let's try and find some friends and make some friends and then maybe we could try and cross promote. So I found your show and I was listening to it quite a bit. And I was like, well, if there's a chance that we can talk to people who already listen to podcasts and maybe they'll listen to more podcasts. And so right. that's, right. so, so that I figure that's a good attempt. And, uh, in, on a likewise end, if OMV hasn't supplied as much compa content as our listeners want, or as they've gotten in past years, they could come to your show and get more comic book stuff than we've been putting out. Yeah, I mean that's that's the hope. I hope that you know more people listen to our show. That's always the goal, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and, and vice versa, right? I mean, if folks want to know about like behind the scenes production stuff and like things just beyond comic book content, I mean, OMV is probably the place to go to. Um, but yeah, I it's 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 wild. I don't know. We're sorry. We're way again in the weeds <laughs> and down the rabbit hole. I guess like so. You know, you've kept your show going for eight years. Um, and yeah, I guess I guess the question I have about that is like, what what's driving you still? You know, I mean, not to not to like be blunt or rude about it, but like every every two weeks you guys are coming back um, together to keep your show going. Um, what's got you still wanting to talk to each other for after eight years of podcasting? Uh, so for the I, longest time, you go go ahead. Oh, I, oh we did it again. <laughs> um, quarantine recording um, where Alex isn't directly in front of my face uh, for the longest time there was there was a lot of pride involved we were we started the show weekly and we were doing it every single week and we did that for 7 years straight which is exhausting but it's also we could say we did it like we've been putting out this show like and like we we saw we had a lot of people that we saw like i don't want to say competitors but like people would come up and they say we had this new thing too check out our shit and be like oh cool great and like they've all kind of subsided. So it's like, oh yeah, we're, we're outlasting them <laughs> for whatever that means. Oh, it yeah. doesn't oh, yeah. spite. <laughs> successful out of spite. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it turned into a pride thing. Like we've done this every single week for, for X amount of weeks. And it's just, we can say that we've done it. We've met some of the coolest people we've had the opportunity, like that we probably wouldn't have had a chance to meet had we not done the show or maybe we could meet him, but we talked to him for five minutes at their table at a, at a comic con. And then we have to bail cause we're holding up the line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's afforded us this amazing opportunity to talk with some of the coolest people, um, and make new friends, you know, such as this show, like one thing, even just doing research and looking into this episode is right off the bat. I was like, okay, they're, they're kind of just like us. Their formats just like us. They talk about similar things. You know, they're they're just talking about comics, and it was just nice. You know, so it's this show has afforded us an, an amazing opportunity to talk with a lot of unique um, and just great people. Also, uh, press passes. That's that's. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that's the real answer. Okay. Well, you know that's. 
that's that's really interesting because like that's the thing that I think that keeps our show coming together. Is not not to make this all about our show as well, but like it, it's it's good to hear that like that idea of you know a pr- like pride to say we've been doing this for this long is like enough reason to keep coming back and having interesting conversations. And I think that's like almost a testament to the the dedication that you guys have to your show. That it's sure maybe out of pride and spite you guys are trying to keep the show going, but at the same time <laughs> it's not like you're going to. Ki- continue to put the show out but the quality is going to degrade right you're i I imagine you're trying to keep your show Mm -hmm. at the same level of quality if not better by you know bringing on more interesting guests plus using that saying hey we've been around for seven years i can justify the whole let's bring jim lee on the show now um kind of thing like we were talking about before so um i mean that's that's fantastic um but i did also want to ask about comic conventions um because I'm curious to know what your favorite comic book convention is, but we can we can continue talking about why you keep making your show too. I'm I'm just all over the place now. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say like one of the um, contributing factors to switching over are are like you mentioned putting out good quality content, and that was one of the main reasons why we switched from weekly to biweekly, um, or it really not even biweekly. It's kind of semi monthly. We we essentially put out two episodes a month, mm-hmm. um, and it's just doing it on a weekly basis. There were times where we were either struggling to put a guest together, like schedules weren't lining up. We weren't getting many responses or we just didn't have anything to talk about. So we would end up doing a justice episode, but it would just be forced. It would just mm-hmm. be like, what are we going to talk about? Like we'd sit there sitting across from each other at, at, at our, at our studio mm-hmm. for like an hour and a half. Like, you know, Okay, I guess we could talk about this. One time we did a Justice episode where I opened up my box from CGC and we looked at my graded comics. Like that. <laughs> that we actually, I mean, that's an unboxing moment. episode. That's, I mean, that, an unboxing there's audio. an audience for that. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. But like, rather than force content out just for the sake of putting content out because we've we've done this every single week for, at the time it had been seven years, um, mm-hmm. It just wasn't, I, and I was also, I felt like we were tired. It, it would give us, it would give Alex an opportunity, which, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to embarrass my co-host here. Um, Perfect. Cause we haven't even talked about variant covers yet. And I haven't <laughs> brought up the fact that I wanted to embarrass Nick on the episode. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> when we, when we first started interviewing people and going down the route that our show is kind of currently on. It was never really like decreed like, okay, JR is going to handle the kind of logistics and uploading of the episodes and, you know, updating the blog and and Twitter and all that. And meanwhile, Alex is going to, to scout for guests. He's going to contact people. He's, it was, but it just kind of fell that way. And mm-hmm. for, I don't know how long we've been interviewing people for, maybe six years, six and a half, seven, I don't know. Um, week in and week out, Alex has been finding not only unique, uh, but interesting, uh, just enjoyable people to talk with. And the like three times that I've done it and where I'm like, hey, I think I found someone to talk to. I'm hitting them up. It's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting because like, it's a lot of like trying to get your language right to come off as like polite and professional, but also interesting. So they don't just delete your email right away. Right, and right. like, it's, I cannot give Alex enough credit for the work that he puts into this show that, you know, we're not making any money off of it. We've mm-hmm. never made a dime off of, um, 
like putting out this like we do have like the stickers and stuff but we're so in the red from hosting fees from the previous seven years you know oh, yeah, to, make, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to make up that money is going to take a take a lot of stickers um, <laughs> but uh i cannot give alex enough credit for the work that he puts into this show um and I don't know if I've really expressed that before. So I guess in a public setting where he has no choice but to accept it is the way to go. Um, <laughs> on a on a on a podcast that is not your own, no less. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess that kind of and switching over to the to the biweekly part also gave Alex kind of more breathing room to work mm-hmm. with guests, uh, figure out schedules, get everything kind of in line. It's not like okay, so. They said, yes, can you do tomorrow? Maybe. Uh, like so Someone you know, who's just... important and being like, how's tomorrow? Being like, oh, You're... man. Oh, that's <laughs> crazy. We scheduled oh, this episode out like three months in <laughs> advance. <'cause that's... laughs> but uh, but yeah, it, 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 uh, it led to what we believe is an overall like more consistent quality product. Um, mm-hmm. Less justice episodes, less us just filling the gaps. Um and and more interesting people um but anyways yes we can enough of my rambling alex is a really good co-host i love that man um and uh the next the next section um we have to talk about variants is that what's happening i got i got well no we don't have to to. we don't have to i want to bother i'll embarrass nick on your podcast (laughs) when we record later (laughs) so uh we had we we talked to jeff callis from from penny arcade uh and like i think a few weeks later was pax east um and Jeff said to oh, come wow. visit him and come say hi. Cause we were promoting the show. That was the second, that yeah, was yeah. The second time. Second time. And so, you know, we meet him in person. person. I, I can't remember. He's, he's hanging out. Like he's doing the pin trading thing. And, uh, and he's like, well, what's your goal? What's, what's your, what's your eventual goal with, with your show? And we looked at each other and we're like, uh, episodes. Yeah. I ask myself that every week. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we, we honestly didn't know, like, do we someday want to have our own convention? Uh, and, uh, but now I've, you know, we've gathered, you know, someone of an audience and, and we've made a lot of friends and I started trying to put together a audio drama that we'd also release on this format. And, um, so I was like, I, I guess we'll try making a serialized show to include between our, our, you know, our usual episodes, I'll call them. And so there's that thing that kind of is, is driving us now too. Very cool. Well, dang, we're we're just putting out a podcast over here. Holy smokes. You guys are starting to hold like (laughs) in universe. Oh, like OMV kind of thing. I love it. Um, Well, I guess, I, I, I mean, really quick, because we, we are kind of running out of tape over here. Um, What's your favorite convention? If you could think about like all the conventions you've been to, what's what's the best convention you've been to? It seems like you guys have been to a handful. Are we talking like <laughs> um, best like iterate like New York Comic Con 2012 or just New York Comic Con in general? Like either either one, either one. If you have like I, a particular year, even better. But if if there's just one that you think is consistently great, that's also good to hear. My answer, I'll go first because mine is just completely expected. Mine is the anyone who's listened to really any episode of our show already knows, and I've already brought it up in this show. I love PAX. I love PAX so much. Um, which which PAX? Uh, East. Okay. Um, okay. We we live. We're from the New England area, so Boston is an hour and a half from us. Um, okay. And uh, 
I've like I mentioned before, I'm a, I've been a big fan of Penny Arcade uh, for a long time now. And then, you know, we always heard about PAX out on the West Coast um, where it originated. And then they finally started coming out to Boston. Um, we finally started going to that show. And it's it's one of those things like where you can... And Alex mentioned like the press pass thing earlier, which is cool. Like getting into a show for free to cover it for our podcast is really neat. But right. getting into getting into your favorite show... You, which is a it's a it's a big one. So like they don't just allow anyone and them saying yes, you are worthy of covering our show. We're going to give you a badge that says media, and then people are going to like. It's just really neat. It's it's it it's gratifying. It makes it seem you know like worth it. All the all the at the time and effort that you put into making a podcast. It's just absolutely. Um, but also, I do, I just really love packs. I love I love gaming. I love game. Like they have everything there everything mm-hmm. there's tabletop there's there's the big you know triple a studios putting out the 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 greatest games ever made and then there's also just the indie stuff where it's like last year at pack because pax east happened literally like two weeks before everything shut down this year you know i bought a, a card game based on professional wrestling it never thought i'd be into that but here i am throwing money at these people <laughs> right uh, right but for me it is it is pax east Gotcha. Uh, what about you, Alex? Oh, I'm just going to, I got to stick to the solid three year clip that Boston Comic Con was at the Seaport World Trade Center. Um, it got out of a small basement. It got an actual hall. It got a big old convention center. And it was our favorite show. They didn't overdo it with celebs. It was an artist based show, it was a comic books based show. And then unfortunately, they were bought out by Fan Expo. And and Ugh. now they're like a celebrity heavy show and the, yeah. the, the table space and the aisle space for, for comics makers just shrunk and got cramped Shoved in a corner. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, it's a sad thing that I believe happened to that show. It's the, they got bought out and like the buyers thought they were just buying some convention and are abandoning the fan base that was already built in that was already just massively contributing and it's it's it was sad to see it go but uh and that was like we were tabling at that show we would buy a table and get sit next to people we don't deserve to be sitting next to um, right, right saying like hey listen listen to our podcast um mm-hmm. but that's i'll say that boston comic-con was great um which doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I mean, if, if the world, you know, somehow heals from everything that's happening, I, maybe I'll have to make my way up to Boston um, from New York. So that, that could be fun. Maybe we'll come see you guys. But yeah, I, um, I'm only curious because I've, you know, I've been to, you know, a bunch of comic conventions in specific. I've been to PAX Unplugged, um, you know, for the last two years, however long it's been running. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always enjoyed that. PAX Unplugged has blown my mind. But yeah, I think Emerald City is my, my go-to love of the world because I went to that convention couple years back and it was magical from beginning to end because it's an artist focused show mm-hmm. for the most part and it's it's wonderful um what about you nick i don't know if you have any conventions that you love have you been to conventions other than c2e2 um uh gosh i've been to like grand rapids comic-con i think once or twice um not a whole lot else obviously i think we were starting to make a lot of plans to attend a lot of these things yeah, this year was going to be a big year for us and um <laughs> those plans um kind of had to butt heads with other large-scale world issues so um right. 
uh yeah well um <laughs> not to be a, a you know to end the episode on a downer but you know i think that's a good place to wrap up i i do want to i'm excited to talk to more with you guys i know we're we're going to record an episode um to be on your feed um in a little bit but um thank you so much for joining us on on ircb because it's it's just great to talk to other podcasters that are kind of like in the same world like you said jr like we are very similar kind of podcast styles so if you like their our show you should definitely go check out omv um for the episodes i listen to it's it's just like the show it's a lot of fun um so it, so for folks that are interested where can they find the two of you on the internet and where can they find your show we have we're pretty much everywhere in terms of like the social media and all that um you can our main website is ombpodcast.com it's uh the most basic website you'll ever see but you're you're able to listen to our episodes there um so uh, please excuse the the uh, basicness. Eventually, we will get around to having an actual good website, kind of like yours. Um, but uh, OMBpodcast.com is the website. Um, we are on uh, Facebook. That's uh, at Opinions May Vary. Um, and uh, Instagram is uh, Opinions May Vary as well. All one word. YouTube and Twitter is at OMV Podcast as well. If you could uh, follow and subscribe, that would be totally rad. Um, and then uh, on on the Spotify and and um, we find our 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 stuff on random streaming services all the time that we haven't oh, yeah. uploaded to. Oh yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, the main one, Spotify. We just started um, getting our episodes on there because we decided to join you know the 20th century mm-hmm. and. Um, Merch can be found at omvpodcast.bigcartel.com. We have uh, an enamel pin with our logo, and we have a sticker pack. It's really basic stuff, but it's a lot of fun. Um, so everyone could go like, follow, share, smash that like button. Am I right, fellas? Oh, uh, do you guys yeah, have I'll a MySpace? A I'll, put, I'll put a bunch of links in the show notes. I'm going to completely ignore what Nick said. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, you had a shot. I'm not listening. I mean, uh, Alex, J- JR, is there any, any other places they could find you, I guess, for your own personal stuff? Or is that is it just the uh, show? Just the show for me. No, nothing else I do is that interesting. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, um, well, you know, everyone out there, you listen to this episode, you know, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow Nick at Death Star Plans. You can follow me at Mike Raffin. And you can follow the show at IRCB Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, where I try to post pretty often and retweet some interesting things um yeah uh for those of you who don't know uh this show and our many subscriber only episodes are powered by fans like you on patreon you can join now at patreon.com forward slash ircb podcast and if you haven't already please rate and review our show five stars please on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher or wherever you choose to listen to podcasts and you can join us on our Discord at ircbpodcast.com slash Discord, where we do hangouts and book clubs and all sorts of really cool stuff. And if you want to chat with us live day to day, you know, that's the place to find us. And make sure to tell a friend or two about the show. Infinity Shred is the best band in the universe. They do all the music for our show. We can't thank them enough. Xander is a very cool guy, um, someone that gives really good high fives when you can see him in person, um, but he also gives good digital high fives. He also edits the show. Uh, I want to say thank you to Nick and extra special thanks to JR and Alex for being on this episode. It's been a ton of fun. Um, And until next time, comics are good, and so are you. Bye.